Check, check, check. Yo, yo, what's good? Booth Pimps Official Podcast, episode three. What up? My name is Tony Styles. Got all the homies in here. Uh, Evonics, Rectic, Fine. What up? And of course, special guests yes. from the West. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mickey Wars in this building, man. What's up, man? What's good? What's good? How y'all doing? Yeah, cooling, cooling, man. What's up? Loving the setup, man. This is a, a cool little vibe. Yeah. Welcome to the to the loft. Uh, by the way, that's where we at the loft HTX. Yeah. Lucky's uh, inside Lucky's Pub. Oh, yeah. Uh, the home home of the Boot Pimps official podcast. That's what's up. Thanks for having me. Uh huh. Appreciate you coming through, man. Welcome, welcome to the oh, H. Yeah. Yeah. So what brings you into town, actually? Huh? Mickey, what brings you in town? Uh, so, uh, shout out to the Clay Group. Uh, it brought me out. Hart, Houston. Um, I, I've caught the the word on the street, and uh, you know, it's a, it's dope new venue, and you know, just opportunities kind of aligned. So here we are. All right, excited for that. Everybody's gonna be pulling up, and it kind of worked out. Like it's kind of a pit stop uh, before we head over east. Shout out to uh, the Beat Source DJ City family. We got a a little DJ link up going on um, in Connecticut, and then Boston, uh, where I'll be opening for A Track. So that'll be a fun little vibe. Where you playing at in Boston? Uh, I believe it's the Grand. Yeah. Okay. The Grand. Yeah. The Grand. I, I've, I've been trying to get up there. Yeah. Well. I know it's, yeah. it's probably like a year in, something like that. I'm trying to get up there. Yeah, for sure. Danger Zone, I, he's he's out there all the time. That's my bro. Yeah, uh, he's got a good relationship with everybody over there at Big Night Live. So I'm excited to to just go check out the venues and and honestly just meet people. Yeah. I think we've um, uh, for those that don't know, we you know we host this uh, podcast as well, uh, Mickey D's podcast. That's kind of like a birth from the Mickey D show. That's had its long tenure uh, going on. 10 plus years now wow yeah. which is kind of nuts to think about makes me feel old as fuck but um <laughs> i can cuss right anything goes All please right, fuck. it's encouraged <laughs> go ahead get it out of your system we're, we're gonna have to cut him out of the podcast <laughs> <Right>. now. <laughs> uh edit clip uh two minutes nah uh so yeah off the mickey d show and um it's really kind of grown some legs man as you guys know like you know all all you really gotta do is like anything else in life man is you just hit the record button and mm -hmm. you do it true to yourself. And, yeah. you know, for us, um, <clears throat> with our experience, um, which is a really nice way of saying you're old, uh, is just sharing those experiences, those mistakes, and just being able to say, you know, here's some advice for somebody that might not have gone through it right. to save you some of that headache. Right. And it's not our job to, like, walk you through the door, but we can open it. So, Bro, the, the, and the touch on the Mickey D show and its inception – uh, bro, that that's it was before his time, really, because I remember watching them. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you had the little like the little uh the little chat room. Bro. It was like it was like IG live. Chat right? room was lit. This shit was lit, man. You would see all the <laughs> that homies. Was the best part. You see the homies from uh, across the country and shit. Fast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know, it was a good little community to the 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 come to uh, Monday nights, man. Fuck yeah. You. You know, Mickey D's show. Make sure you check that shit out. And the, and the guests and the, and the mixes and the, the shit was, it was before his time. Yeah, yeah and it's funny what people don't realize. So the first uh, couple shows were on, God, what is that? Um, I'm thinking of all these dirty webcam websites instead of the, what's a Ustream. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Right, um, right. And uh, it has all the, it had the, the chat room. And to be honest with you, we never thought like, oh, do video. Like we just thought, we just want to have our friends over 
and guys that are dope locally mm-hmm. and who we had access to. And just literally we bought one webcam back in 2009, which, you know, it's not that long ago, but it's, it's a while ago. A webcam. And yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we weren't, we should have been charging tokens, bro. <laughs> then we would have been really ahead of our game. <laughs> but we, we literally just invited some friends over, set up one webcam and um, a shady lamp and a DJ booth that we built by ourselves, me and Danger. And um, even though I'm Hispanic, I don't know how to build shit. Um, it's got to come with instructions. <laughs> and we tried our best, but we ended up with something, right? Yeah. And our first ever episode, and this is what I loved about it, our first official episode aired with uh, Fashion, who to this day, great friend, amazing edits, great dude, um, <clears throat> great energy. And... Uh, he just came in and kind of just like really just trusted us. And he had just recently moved to LA at the time. AM had just recently passed away, like so recent that it was, it was actually part of the discussion not to bring it up during the interview. Um, but he just came in, man, embodied it. And because of his kind of like connection to the guys like Aoki, to the spiders, to the Steve wonders and all the guys that were kind of popping at that time, um, those dudes were in the chat room with everybody else. Yeah. You know, and we felt like, honestly, we were kind of like unknown dudes. And DJ City at that point never in their history had a face on their website. And so when they put us two on the website, like literally the first ever actual human faces, like you knew the NASA edits, you knew the quickie edits, you knew, you know, you, the kids spin edits, mm-hmm. but you didn't know a face. And so when they trusted us to put us up there, it was like. It was some it was some crazy shit and and they just really took a, a chance with us and um you know the the history i don't know at, at this point it's just history you know we went 32 guests in a row once a week and that that shit was crazy yeah and the consistency too yeah you we tried we tried there's some guys on there that i mean i'm not gonna say that we wouldn't have had them but times have changed and now you know like I mean, shoot, we took, I think we took like a two-year hiatus at one point because we just wanted to make sure now it's it, it's such a strong brand that we want to make sure that for the the showcase part of it, you know, you really need to have somebody who is not going to get eaten alive by the chat room, you know, right. like that. And that's part of it. Right. And even guys like <clears throat> most recently, I think like, you know, when we think of the Mickey D show, like I think in some ways we've kind of, our crowd is like kind of, accepted the more turntablist style DJ versus like the open format dude or the guy that can body it on some CDJs. And I love that there's guys like Destructo or Sac Noel that have come in and just done some dope shit on some CDJs. And you're just like, Oh fuck. Like you got to respect like the, the, the way the style and, and that's what we're trying to do is just be diverse. And so fast forward to, to today, you know, we're about, I think we're about to be 34 episodes into the podcast. Um, we just wanted to be able to create a new platform within our own um, brand that can have people on to have discussions because not all great DJs are necessarily just driven off skill. Mm-hmm. There's great DJs who develop great brands, marketing uh, tactics. Uh, w- like, you know, I'm inviting my brother over um, <clears throat> who helps d- do taxes. Like right. we want to provide that information. Right. You know, a lot of right. the things and access that we weren't given 
back in the in the first couple of days. Yeah, because it's a different animal now. You know what yeah, I'm saying? It's um, a business. You gotta be yeah, it's a business. You gotta be well rounded um to 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 last, you know, to 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 be relevant as Facts. well. You know yep. what I'm saying? You can you could be dope all you want, you know, but if your business ain't straight, then you know, you it's not as deep what you what are you what are you really doing? You'd be you surprised know? how many DJs out there don't know how to do their taxes, don't know how to <laughs> properly write yeah. stuff off. Facts. And I, I I was one of them. Like just yeah. the past, you know, few years or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I was getting fucked on my taxes and shit. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Like I mean, just basic information of like starting an LLC, you'd save yourself fifteen percent off top. Yep. Just yep. to be able to like I mean, that's a nice chunk of money when you're getting yeah. all those checks from the venues. You yep. know? So yep. you gotta protect yourself and your income. Yeah. I mean I, I think more DJs have to round themselves out. Um and that's like that transition from being a bedroom DJ because it's so accessible now, right? Like everybody can buy like a SX, right? Or an SR. And so many people that I run into at the club are like, yo, teach me how to DJ, teach me how to DJ. I'm like, dude, five years ago, <laughs> I went on YouTube, taught myself. <laughs> yeah. You could do this. Like you, like, it, it, and that was five years ago. Imagine now. Right. Yeah. Right. So it, they have to really expand on like a, a, a lot of different skill sets and, it's just insane how a lot of people aren't understanding that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So their long-term growth is kind of a little stunting. You know? Of course. Of course. Yeah, it's more than just, it's more than just performing that. It's more than just just playing around and, and you know, rocking a show, rocking a venue. Um, I mean, you got to be everything now. Right. Know? Speaking of business. Which is what I love. Yeah. You, you, Mickey, you own. Yeah. Uh, so I own a couple retail stores uh, under the brand, the uh, Mag. Well, the Magnolia Park, uh, Shorten is the Mag Park on all social media. Um, <clears throat> that's a funny story. So um, I started Mag Park in 2015. Um, we got up to six locations at one time. Um, my monthly overhead was well over six figures a month, um, just in payroll and, and rent um, when we had all those locations. And <clears throat> fortunately enough, from experience, AKA mistakes, uh, I was able to like understand how to really structure um, relationships and leases and different things like that. And in retail, which is honestly a struggling category across the board, um, you gotta kind of like learn how to not, you know, you gotta know what, how to pull out basically in, in every term. <laughs> and so you can't be too committed. You can't be too in love. Like, in any business, you can't be emotionally tied to anything. So fortunately enough, we've been in uh, a good amount of situations where we're able to walk away nice and clean and kind of test the market and see what works. You know, we did that in Vegas. We did that on Fairfax, did that on Melrose. Um, And then now currently active, we have three locations um, aside from our website and that's uh, our flagship in Burbank. And then um, one of our top uh locations is in woodland hills which is basically next to calabasas famous from kanye and drake and all them because everybody lives out there including athletes uh so that's a great uh spot for us that one has a full court basketball court we're known for having basketball courts in the stores um along with every store has a dj booth along with every store has hand-painted artwork and um we're like uh you know it's it's this vision that i that was built off of honestly my like growing up in LA. Um, and then the last store, sorry, it's in Buena Park, Orange County, 
which is probably a chapter that will close eventually. Just because <clears throat> for me, going back to, sorry. <clears throat> Got to get that coffee. Um, no, so I go back, going back to like how I grew up. So uh, Danger and I, we've known each other for 20 some odd years now. Um, we, we literally grew up at a local park in our leader, California called Brantford Park. And he was, uh, he's two years older than me. So we played against each other a couple times. He was like the superstar athlete. I was like the little husky kid just trying to get buckets. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, just survive four quarters and get your chips and Capri Sun. So that was the good times. But uh, as it got competitive, you know, you grow this bond and this relationship with your brothers and it's all built off of a community. And it's not even like this sense of like, you know, uh, structured community it's literally every Saturday or every Sunday your parents hang out with your friends parents and, and you just spot up and you you hold down a table in the morning and you just spend all day at the park and so to me that was some of like kind of that like ratatouille moment you know when it takes you back as a kid mm -hmm. and so for for myself once I like grew my legs under understanding business logistics balance sheets and all that all the fun stuff um, I wanted to build something that was an experience that wasn't based off product because in in my world, which is considered the resale world um, or aftermarket, we essentially, our, our product can change on the daily. Like I remember selling Kylie Jenner lip kits. Like I remember selling um, pops. I remember selling uh, the N Super Nintendos during Christmas time. Like shit changes all the time. And like, we, we kind of have our core now and we don't, we don't fall too far out of line, but <clears throat> things always shift. The market will always shift. Right. And so what, what I wanted to create, and I'm careful when I say I and when we, because I have an amazing team that's helped build this kind of dream, but what, what we were looking to do into Mag Park was building a community and it's, it's, primarily based around sports, hence the basketball court, hence the um, elements of, of the outdoor park, um, the, the artwork that's painted in every store was actually painted by uh, this kid that uh, played basketball, my little brother. So it's like, it stays all in the community. And so what we wanted to do is create an environment that created an experience and we just invite people. The product's hot, like I'm gonna just say it, like it's dope shit. It's, it's everything that's in demand. Um, and so we feel that that stuff sells itself. What we're looking to do is be able to make you feel number one at home. And number two is that, is that moment. Like when can you go into a store, grab a ball and shoot a hoop, you know, while you're looking at kicks, mm -hmm. like where are you going to go? And on a Saturday, there's a DJ playing live music with a club level sound system in the in the in the store. Of course, you're elevating the retail experience. You yeah, know? and and, and emphasis on experience. Exactly. Yeah, a hundred percent. Something I'm working on right now, and it's funny because I bring this up all the time, but like, so, you know, like Subway doesn't actually like the the smell that you walk in. There's not actually from the bread, right? Like you guys know that. No. Okay. You got so me it's, fucked up. Yeah, sorry, I just I just fucked up here. <laughs> oh my god. So it's it's a smell that's pumped through the AC. And they they give you this. It, it emphasizes the smell. Get the you know I, I I thought about that shit before. Yeah. When I walk into a subway, I'm like, like damn, this shit smell good. Yeah. Every yeah. time it smack you in the face when yeah. you walk in walking the subway. Yeah, it's tough, right? So, so I then, thought I was hungry. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right. 
smell that bread be smelling <laughs> fire. But no, it's so it's a it's an artificial smell that they pump through there. Wow. And so what I've been trying to figure out for the last four years is like that brand new Jordan smell. And I'm trying to like pump it through my AC system. So that when you walk in, it smacks you in the it face. Like you know, the smell. first thing I religiously collect, I religiously collect ones. And the first thing I do when I open up smell. my ones yeah. is fucking shove my face <laughs> right, right into the toe box lift it. and then lift right it. where the, the, the tab is and yeah. I just smell it. Yeah. Damn. Same. And, and, and at the end of the day, like a lot of our, um, checking authenticity, right, which is really important for us, it comes off smell. Like, it's when people tell me, like, yo, can you legit check? I get so many DMs about this shit. Like, they're like, can you legit check this? Can you legit check that? And I'm like, yo, like, I, I refuse to do legit checks over photos because nine out of ten times, like, the smell is what's going to determine something. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, a lot of these fakes are being made in the same factories that the real ones are same being place, made. Same place, same town. Same place. So yeah. at that point, you know, I just rather, because the glue is the part that they can't emulate. So, like, like you know, what's the smell for, like, the, the, the China <laughs> factories compared to the Vietnam factories? <laughs> you, <laughs> You're like, hey, bro, man. You literally can. <laughs> no, nah, I, I, yeah. bro, I know. I, bro, I, yeah. I 100% got you, man. Like, <laughs> you smell them J's, and he's just like, yeah, yeah. Yo, shout that's, out to my, that's it. Yeah, shout out to Jamie uh, from the Road Podcast. Uh, there's a video of him on YouTube, I think on Vlad TV, when he used to work for this other shop. Because uh, he worked for me for a year and a half at MAG. And um, there's a video of him, like, literally, I think he was, like, blindfolded, and he was able to tell what shoe was what uh, based on that. So, boy, boy got a good nose. <laughs> and he's a DJ? Yeah. You seen D Jamie DJ yet? No? No, I haven't. Okay. No. See, the, the thing is, uh, I feel like a lot of DJs now, well, yeah. street culture in general is just massive, like streetwear, fashion. Uh, I, I, was, I was wearing all this stuff before I was a DJ, so the streetwear, street culture thing came before the music for me. Right. And so now seeing uh, a lot of DJs also rock this stuff is, is cool for me to see. But really, like, a lot of the older guys were rocking this shit way before I was, naturally. Yeah. Because those, those brands were starting off, like, super early, like, Supreme, what, 94? Yeah, 94. You know? But it yeah. didn't really take off till yeah. 2003, uh, 4, 5. Like, it's the early stage. And right, then, yeah, right. 2010 was really when yeah. a lot of things shifted. Because when we came in 2015, even in 2015, like, four or five years ago, I'm going to say, like, we were, we were kind of, like, the last retail shop to sneak in to like where it was acceptable you know and i think before that you literally all you had was riff and flight club in la yeah new york and that and was LA, yeah. it yeah yeah and then uh, new york yeah and um we kind of just snuck in right before it became this like super popular thing and not until this last year 2019 2018 like we're starting to see like corporate money starting to like get involved and now you know all the the dudes that have been grinding putting out mixtapes all these years like we're now getting these big record deals basically mm -hmm. so you know we'll see when that time comes for us but um would you if the time came if you felt that they would compromise what you brought into the picture and the original vision do you think you would what collab with a department store uh yeah like a corporate a corporate entity yeah i'm in the i'm in negotiations right now so I'm dropping you. Heard, you I'm dropping you. You heard it here first, folks. 
Oh, y'all got drop drops. Yeah. <laughs> We, does that make we, you we feel? Got the, we got the corny oh, drops. Does that make you feel? Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he loads in there. Yeah, that was great. Tony, Tony changed it up. I'll, I'll and trust him. That was fire. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we're, we're uh, Mag is working on something right now. I, I can't say what's what department store, but um, it's a great opportunity. And um, I'll, I'll try and correlate this back to the DJ side of things. Um, but, you know, honestly, the two two of the three times i've been involved in like big money deals um came from opportunities where in my own head i was like i don't want to fucking go i don't want to fucking go you know and one of them was um one of them was a trade show and uh the second one was a dinner and you know you get i think sometimes in in this community you get you know, you go out a lot, you're hung over the next day, you're, you know, trying to recover and, and you got a lot going on, you know, and then there's, there's your personal life there and there's whatever else supporting the homies and on, on the mix of things. But, you know, the reality is like when the opportunity comes, like you, you got to just like muscle through right. because you don't know what door you may open that night. And so I bring that to correlate with, with what happened with me is that trade show, I was so anti because it was going to cost me money to do it. And when they were like, yo, we'll just give you the thing for free. We want Mag Park to be involved. Then I was like, all right, fine. Like, I'll, I'll muscle through it and right. we'll, we'll do it. Right. I met an investor who ultimately, you know, cut us a check for seven figures, like at one point. And that was an opportunity that helped us grow, but also learn uh, a ton of different things. And, um, you know, I'm no longer involved with that partner, but fast forward, you know, the, the things that we're working on now that came from literally a friend saying, yo, I'm going to dinner with so-and-so from this big department store, uh, would be good for you guys just to shake hands and literally from a handshake, it went into a meeting and then it's like, all right, let's, let's talk numbers. And it's, it's one of those things in life. Um, in general, like whatever it is that you do, sometimes that opportunity is literally just being at the right place at the right time to shake the right hand. So, yeah, um, try to bring that full circle. Nah, man, you know, that's what I tell, you know, a lot of these DJs. I mean, like out of sight, out of mind, you yeah. know, you got to go to these things, you know, just, uh, you know, you got to be out. You can't just be at home just thinking, oh, man, you know, these gigs, though, you know, these opportunities, nah. you know, you got to go to them. You got to mm -hmm. find them. Mm -hmm. They come to you, you know, but you got to be out. Yeah. Can't just be sitting at home, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, we live in a world, 2020, right, where, like, social media weighs so heavy into your brand and who you are as a person. But we also get stuck in that social media forces us to put our best foot forward and not show our mistakes. And so when your brand involves only putting your successes and not your errors, you become less human and possibly borderline asshole. Right. And so unless you're able to share time and space or conversation, then people will then see your true self and, and give you a different value that you're not an asshole. And I, that's what I always I use that term because it's literally the difference between you working with someone and not is usually are you an asshole? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. because you want good energy and you want people to invest into people that that you feel good working with. Because yeah, exactly. that's the only way you're going to elevate. So Facts. I think that's where it's tricky because nowadays we're forced and told only show your good side, only show this, only show that. But, you know, if you're able to balance those things, like 
I, I don't know. I try to do my best to show and reflect. And I think that's where the, the podcast for us as well. Right. And I think you guys are going to see that in through this is like, if you're able to show your personality, people understand you better and they'll understand how to work with you if they work with you, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's part of it. That's dope, man. Dropping some knowledge. I love it. Oh, <laughs> bro. I'm not trying to talk too much. I'm man, sorry. My bad. No, no, no. Please. Hey, I'm taking notes over here, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Cut the notepad out. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, man. Like, like speaking of, um, I, I remember coming across your social media when we met last year or so. Yeah. yeah. March. Um, last March. Yeah, last March. Yeah. And um, and I didn't know, know anything about you personally. One thing I got was, God damn, you can ball. <laughs> Fuck. Like, I ain't. I ain't Actually, yeah, when I first met him at the DJ City <laughs> office, I was like, and then I, we followed, followed each other. And then I saw him post on Instagram. He was like, he was hitting threes. Yeah, he was like, like hitting them. Belly you know? shit. Belly buckets, baby. Yeah. And I was like. Breaking angles and shit. I'm like, yeah. what, what the Damn. You know, it. <laughs> Truth is, is, is just like he said, he's just posting the successes. Yeah, oh, no, don't worry. So, okay, so I'm, I'm so happy you brought that up. <laughs> so um, I, I've been messing around with this uh, concept of belly buckets. Um, as a uh, huskier hooper, um, it's something that I've, I've thought of for a long time because I, I've always been, in a sense, to society overweight, right? And, like, we're not popping now just because of Lizzo. Like, you know, like we got, we, we got to like work our way in and it's working out better now. Big boy season. Huh? <laughs> you know, it's big boy thick, thick season. With two C's. Hey, look, <laughs> two C's. my resume speaks volume. So on that note, um, no, nah, but all jokes aside, I start, so I started just yelling out belly buckets, like at, at the games, you know, and, and my boy has this court, uh, that we go to every Wednesday and, um, there's some dudes that can hoop there, and, and it's typically I'm always guarding, essentially the top two dudes on the court because you're trying to like really challenge yourself. And you know, for me, I've been hooping like I said, pretty much my whole life. That's how I've made some of my strongest relationships um, was on the basketball court. And so, kind of going full circle, being able to play ball, and then randomly this whole like they they got this camera set up at this court, and so you could just go grab the footage after you play. And so I started just grabbing highlights and I was like, fuck it. Let me just start this whole like movement. Right. And I didn't really think nothing of it, but um, it turned into a thing, you know? And then like, they, they said, like, oh, dude, you, you, you got the strap. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I, I finally, after like, I, almost like a year, I, I didn't do it, but like I finally started um, the belly buckets, like IG account. And it's just sitting there. It's like, I don't have a single post on there, but it's basically gotten a couple hundred followers just off just me like kind of tagging it on my highlights. And <clears throat> I've been waiting to do the first post, but essentially, and this is, this is why I love what you brought up. Um, I'm really waiting to compose a, a short video of the reason why I started it. And the real reason is um, as a Husky Hooper, and as a belly buckets ambassador since the early age, we'd also get shamed. You know, it was a different time. Like, like chubby kids were getting shamed on the court. Like, and they weren't given opportunities. Like, I I know in my heart I was better than a lot of dudes on my varsity squad. I know I got moved down to JV because I wasn't as in shape as like the guys that came in. But I knew I could give them buckets. You know, so like I wanted to be able to put a platform together for those kids that feel the same way that I did when I grew up. 
And so my first video is really going to be a video of all my fucking, like, when I'm not getting back on defense, when I break the shots, when you get tired. Because, like, yeah, I can bust down buckets. But, yeah, if you're not in shape, you're not going to last fucking five, six games. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, (laughs) that's the reality. That's the difference between being in shape and not. And so I want to I want to put all my failures in the first video right. and and put it out the vision why I started this, because after that, I'm, I want to become the house of highlights for like chubby kids and and just literally just show love to all the overweight dudes that are putting in work in the court and 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 create this whole um, thing. And I already got my first like T. I want to do like the overtime. O, but have it say overweight. <laughs> and then like like that's gonna be the movement but but belly buckets is essentially that's what it's become from from that all that basketball shit which is funny oh that's sick damn there's a lot of, there's a lot of levels there's deeper i it's yeah. dude i'm i'm a weirdo like no, I but t- that everything to me has a story and has a purpose like if like, that's the word that's, you know hey, that's the word of of 2020 is is fucking purpose man yeah 100 like, percent. Right. like if you ain't doing shit for a reason you doing it for like you know justin bieber was ahead of his time so you know <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. what's the name of the album right yeah <laughs> purpose, purpose. Yeah. Wow. purpose. <laughs> that was a great album it was <laughs> y'all listen to the new one Change uh it? No? skim through it skim through it i'll be driving the car and my girl turns it on okay fair <laughs> i was like all right cool you know if you're in a relationship i think it's a fucking amazing album i think the production's safe it but is safe, yeah. It's super safe. Super yeah. Safe. But lyrically, like, the shit is deep. And it makes me be like, fuck, I wish I had a girl. Well, it- <laughs> but I don't. So then I go turn to future. <laughs> but you don't. Much madness. <laughs> you, seen, you seen that that meme? I think I posted it. I was like, man, I'm trying to be Russell Wilson, but these girls keep turning me into future. <laughs> man. Oh, well. YOLO. Uh I mean, I think the driving force of a lot of, I mean, you obviously have a lot of success, right? So or I, I, I would say that, right? So um, a lot of it is just multi, it's, it's very deep. It's, there's a lot of levels and layers. Um, so looping that into the DJ kind of career, um, yeah. how would you describe your level of DJing and, you know, when do you prep sets? Do you go in there and have a, a, a roadmap? Do you have a general style that you want to convey when you're, say, getting booked and stuff? So that's that's a great question because um, I, damn, I, I'm going to guess it's been about eight months now that um, I decided to come back to, like, DJing, like, more often, if you will, more than, like, once a month, um, I took a solid three or four year break from doing club DJing. And that had a, a, a combination to do with um, being in an interesting uh, relationship, <laughs> being transparent, because we all it all happens sometimes. And also um, and, and establishing my business, you know, like uh, at the end of the day, uh, when I left, it was roughly 2012, 2013, um, which was essentially, quote unquote, like the peak of my DJ career. I had just finished um, having different residencies. I was managing a nightclub in uh, Universal City. Like I was doing the talent buying for them called Infusion Lounge. 
um, where we started with like a lot of scam artist accounts and then uh, eventually booked a, a ton of other DJs. Shout out to DJ E-Rock who, who gave me that position essentially um, and gave me that opportunity. And it, it really helped me learn the different side of things, right? Like the early days of gig swapping, what that meant, what, what value does that hold across the board? Does it not? And then um, fast forward, I, I just got tired of blacking out, like, and, and having alcohol for free every night. And, yeah. you know, it was just one of those things where it's like, man, I need, to, I need to do something where I can make money and not have to be there. Like, I need something, you know, some sort of residual income. And that's how I ended up landing in the retail world. And so I did the retail thing with my brother and, and, and a couple other stores that we tried to test it out eventually got to, to the Mag Park side. And then once Mag Park was kind of off its training wheels, if you will, and kind of this success story as a brand, then I realized like, like I was like, okay, well, like, I keep finding myself going back to like nightlife because we have our grand opening event. So right. like, all right, I'm gonna go DJ our grand opening, right? Obviously like, so then, and then we do the one year anniversary and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna DJ that shit for sure. <laughs> Get a double, you know, I'm, and I'm finding ways where because of my relationships and all the years of experience, like a lot of companies are paying racks to like get the exposure that I can twist for me to get paid and use our branding. Yeah. And so as I continue to like find that niche, the one year, the two year, the three year, finally um, getting to this four year, I was like, I want to really build this new energy. And I'm not going to lie very 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 small part of it was watching virgil start to like dj while he's doing all his shit right right and i'm like bro like and with all due respect great designer but like as a dj like i'm like man like i i need to get back out there like right. i need to figure this shit out and um 2012 mickey was like in my opinion like dope as fuck like had all these crazy like at the time wordplay was still not as oversaturated and the tricks weren't crazy, like as crazy as they are now. Mm -hmm. Now dudes are fucking murdering shit, and like it's it takes some crazy shit for you to figure out if somebody else is not going to post it the same day that song came out, right. or like an edit or whatever. So different times, but I felt my creative juice has always been there. So to answer your question, now um, I didn't feel really comfortable about my sets till about three months ago where I was like, okay, like the old me is back. Right. And broke off all the rust. Like, yeah, like yeah. I'm, I'm all in now. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and then eventually that's what gave me the opportunity to do our four year anniversary at Avenue in LA, which is the Tau group property. Um, and we were just talking about that earlier, like, right. man, it's so hard to break into LA because it's so clicky. And, um, uh, shout out to my, to my manager, Ian, um, who was basically the guy like who told me he's like he saw me DJ he's like dude why aren't you doing this like why don't you do this for real I'm like I don't know like you know it's work you know I'm like <laughs> and I just looked at him and he used to manage um, LMFAO um, he used to manage uh, Danger Zone at one point and he he had a couple of different things playing skills and all that who else does he have now I'm literally his only client. <laughs> Like okay. on the DJ side. Okay. Um, he's handling uh, a lot more stuff on like the writer side. Yeah. Um, and he's doing, he's killing it on that, that That's end. That's dope, man. But the part of the part where it came from him was, I was like, well, I'll do it for real if you manage me. And I kind of like called him out. And then I didn't expect him to come back and be like, 
all right. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> I guess you got to do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And, um, you know, luckily Ian and I have a very similar way of working and understanding what it means to develop a brand. And for me, it was always about, it wasn't about getting work. It was just about getting the right work and having quality and not everybody's in that position, right? Like your financial responsibilities aligned with what your vision is for your brand sometimes aren't going to line up. You've got needs. We got bills to pay. Like shit's different, right? But fortunately for myself, based on the company that I built, like I don't really have to take every DJ gig. You know, I just, t I took stuff that like, okay, I think this will help me sharpen in, sharpen my skills here. Um, Playhouse, who, who that we talk about all the time on our podcast, like is the Harvard law of hip hop. Like it is the <laughs> hardest shit ever. Like it, you got to play new shit. You got to move. You got to get on the mic. Every song, like it's like, it's fucking work, you know? And, um, and so I, I would take that just to sharpen my skills. And then I get into a room that's a little more open format and it's like, Oh, I fly through this, you know? And, and it just changed the way I looked at everything. And so now, um, again, to answer long as answer oh, to your no. question, um, is I look at every venue, like if I'm playing against a sports team and I scout it and, you know, I see, all right, who's DJ there before, can I do some research, you know, locally, if you have somebody in town, like, yeah, it's dope to have someone that'll help you out with like, oh, this is how I played there last time. Here's a playlist thing, right? Not everybody's that kind, yeah. right? So that's perfectly fine as well. So at that point, you just kind of like, all right, what do I think is going to work? And at that point, I just create some basically like a main crate that either comes off of a successful, what, what a night felt good about. And then I'll drop that in there along with, all right, is there anything that I've updated since? And then when I feel like there's shit that, like, I'm like, it could work, but I'm not 100% sure. So I, I create this uh, crate called sneakers. So, like, I sneak them in. And um, it's essentially, like, you know, 10 to 15 records that are, like, either new or old that just feel like, all right, let me see if I could go back to here and, like, reference that. Yeah. And aside from that, like, organization-wise, like, I just have these – timeline crates where like if i did a crate today it'd be 20.02.23 cuz that's the it's year and then the date and then i'll go in on a download spree and then dump everything into there and then download and then there's like this timeline and then so i'll just jump into the like the last month and then see if there's anything that can carry over into to the night mm -hmm. but it's a mix of that um you can look up top Shazam records in each city so you go to yeah, Shazam. Spotify too. Yeah, Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. So Spotify playlist. Shazam to me works a little more accurate. Yeah. It's a little more organic. Yeah. Because it's yeah, yeah. very uh, purposeful. Yes. 100%. Yeah. So, and then just look at those different things on the, depending on the region. Where where you do that on on the app? Yeah, uh, looking looking up by city. <laughs> Told you I'm taking notes, man. Yeah, Shit. yeah, yeah. So on Spotify, Come on, got you. Yeah. So on Spotify <laughs> and stuff, you can go to the song. And then, yeah. uh, you know, the three dots, you could click top streamed places by okay. country and city. Oh, shit. So you'd be surprised. Like, you know, you know where Travis Scott is also massive? Like the UK. Really? Yeah, I think it's like number two. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so like. Is he really is he really hot here, though? Like, I mean, obviously, yeah, but. 
Actually, I think NBA Youngboy is. Yeah, I would say Youngboy is, 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 is really popular. But Youngboy is a top yeah. stream artist on top YouTube, right? Yeah. As, as well. Yeah. yeah. Period. Yeah. I think he's like only behind like Ed Sheeran, Ariana Grande, and and you know the the, the like, like the like premiere, right? Like, yeah, elite level, which is insane. Yeah, that's um, kind of a nutty thing, right? Because um, so the funny thing is like uh, his listeners are like cult, like they will stream his his shit ten times in in like an hour, and his songs are short, you know, two two and a half minutes. Um, and so they'll stream his shit a bunch of times, but actually the, the, their impact is so much bigger than like a, a kind of larger scale. So he, he's not being listened like everywhere. He's just being listened to a lot, if that makes sense, which is like an interesting, uh, which is like an interesting kind of concept because like, uh, uh, it kind of makes it hard to gauge, uh, that, that that's how you, the data can kind of lie to you a little bit. Like, oh, this guy streams huge. If I drop this, it should go well. But sometimes it's not going to go well because y- 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 you'll realize that. Do all you guys use Spotify? Yeah. 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 Just, just for, you know, Yo, easier listening. I just learned doing folders on your playlist. And, man, yeah. like, love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Because I'll separate, like, research playlists, like, so I'll, I'll do like TikTok. I'll do top playlists like TikTok Hot Hot 100, like whatever. Like that, th- yeah, that playlist has like three hundred fifty thousand followers. Bruh, which one? TikTok, TikTok on one, Spotify. TikTok, on Spotify, TikTok, TikTok yeah, one? yeah. Right. Of There's a folder with the top songs. Wow. So like you know, all you yeah. old people out west and fucking it. lottery <laughs> and like yeah. renegade, renegade, uh, yeah. Uh, well, lottery's renegade, right? Right. Yeah, but yeah, it's like bro, like all that different research. I mean, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Like, <laughs> let me go ahead. Let me go ahead and subscribe to that. Uh, that one. I'll send it to you. There's some crazy ass names that I will not repeat, even if no. But like, there's even like, um, rap caviar. There's like, no, no, no. I like to go even deeper than that shit because the rap caviar is good. There's clout culture. That's the south. But there's like luxury drug rap, <laughs> like playlist, bro. That shit, and it's like. Just some random dude that makes the playlist, but you could literally be listening to that shit. You're like, oh, yeah, like I remember that cut. And like, surely enough, there's definitely some trapper popping a bottle tonight that will probably want to listen to that one push record or that, you know, like, and it's just like you find shit, you know, like I like researching cookout playlists. Like, I love to find out what's in there, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, Spotify is a dope little hack. Man, I always saw Spotify. I always tell people Spotify is the new version of the old hood mixtape. Mm. So think about the the, the mixtapes that used to circulate the hood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that's what Spotify playlists are. Yeah. Now you know what I'm saying? And the so fucking many of them. Yeah. Everybody's flavor, and I mean, and that's where you. I mean, that's where you get hot too. Like that's where you. You know, you get your placement and, yeah. and shit like that. It's so Bro, there's hella dudes who who have an organic playlist that they've curated, and if if they brand it correctly, man. Like, there's no doubts there's going to be labels knocking on your door to try and get on your playlist if you do it the right way. So, uh, it's, yeah. Yeah, I hear some of those some of those playlists are, like, pay to play. I mean, yeah, yeah, some of the big I, ones I for sure. That's what, yeah. That has to be what it's, what it's getting to now is that you're getting placement on somebody's hot playlist. I remember at one point somebody was saying the, the playlist with the most 
followers on Spotify at one point was like some 17 year old kid that lived in Canada or some shit. I believe Nobody it. No, had no, uh, but he was so cold on his playlist and, and updated it so much. And he, he just, I don't know, he gained so many followers. It was, it was probably in the first, in the, you know, first couple of years or so of Spotify, but yeah. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, look at the TikTok girls. They got like twenty nine something million followers. They yeah. were at the M- at the NBA All Star events, like, Damn. and they literally like, from what I know at the moment, like dictate what goes hot or viral um, half the time. So yeah, there's a girl that did the she made the renegade dance. Oh yeah, yeah. They brought yeah. her on. Ellen. I forgot her name. Yeah, yeah. I saw it yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. She killed it. She did. She did. And there, you know, there's somebody at a label who's willing to cut a check for those girls to just make a dance, knock knock some out. Actually, I have a friend. Uh, he doesn't do videos anymore, but Vanilla Trill, like he, oh yeah, he would, yeah, yeah, he's my he's homie, killing it. Yeah, he would get paid. He'd be like, "Yo, uh, I'm pay you this. I'm gonna cut you a check, do a dance, and then you know he'd get you know all these, all these followers liking his shit and sharing it, and they'll try to recreate the same thing. And I mean, so that, that's my, the beauty. of TikTok. My head just went here, like of us making a TikTok dance. It's really funny. Oh shit. Are you gonna brand it Husky Husky Talks? <laughs> uh, Husky Talk, yeah. Taco Talks. Ooh. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Better get that. Yeah. Hey, that's we copyrighted that. Taco Don't, nobody fucking take that. Here. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh huh. Don't be cloud chasing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, we got forty-five in, man. Um, anything you want to plug? Um, shit, man. I don't know. Mag Park, Mickey D's podcast, Mickey D's show. Yeah. Um, Can you tell us who the next special guest is? We, we, <laughs> <laughs> bro, even, uh, shit. I, I had to pay for my shirt. <laughs> Yo, it's funny. Um, Danger used my DJ City account for 10 years. This motherfucker, this motherfucker just got his account. And I'm like, yo, bro, you got your own email address. Get, set up your fucking own account. Because, you know, sometimes you get your max downloads. And um, it's so funny. Uh, my boy, um, B. Dot, A. Dot, he's a NBA impersonator, dude. Um, he, he, he recently started DJing. If you guys get a chance, go check out the, the episode with him on our podcast. He's fucking hilarious. And so I got tired of like, Getting max downloads on oh songs. Oh my god! Hey, so that's how mine looks too, man. Yeah. I think I think you have mine too. I don't have yours. Oh, I got mine. John, John has mine. Ah, everybody's political hey, now on the hey, mic. Hey, hey. <laughs> there's at least three people. There's other three. There's three other DJs who Yo. use my account because, like, yeah, I get the max down. I'm like, oh man, yeah. come on, man. You but then, hey, but see, that's why you need the group chat. You need to be like, yo, you need to run that in the Dropbox, bro. <laughs> if you're gonna max download me, you better run that in the Dropbox. Styles, I do not share my account. <laughs> I use mine for personal use only. Yeah. Hey man, the real the real hack is you guys just got to download from the same IP. I didn't tell you, but um, <laughs> no. Um, but it's so funny because uh, we were on the show, we were talking about it, and um, out of nowhere, B Dog goes, "Yeah, he's like, uh, he goes, so how do you get your music? Da, 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 da. He's like, oh yeah, you know, like I do my research, and you know, I got Mickey's DJ City account." <laughs> 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 I was like, damn, wait a minute, bro, bro. <laughs> wait a minute, bro. Oh. <laughs> and, then, and so Rel and Danger go look at me like, see, it wasn't us, and I was like, man, whatever, <laughs> still use my Hulu and my Netflix, motherfucker, that's anyway, real. that's real brotherhood, 
Oh yeah, you should have seen this. We had a meeting the other day, and um, I look at Danger and I go, "Yo, um, I just got us HBO." So you know, <laughs> us. If you, if you, yeah, you want to get you want us. <laughs> And then, like, <laughs> if you want to go check out that new McMillions, uh, you know, series, it's I got to get somebody's Disney. Oh, <laughs> I, got, I got it. I got you. Yeah. Uh, hey. Disney Plus. It's nothing. It's nothing. Oh, it's light work. Right work. It's light work. It's light work. I forgot I got a Disney Plus account. You got to log into that shit. Yeah, I got the I got the free shit for Verizon when it came Oh, out. yeah. yeah. That year for free. Nah, bro. Yeah, yeah. free for a year. Yeah. 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 Shout out to Verizon. charge that. Yeah, Verizon definitely came up there. Expensive ass. <laughs> man, well, uh, man, appreciate you coming through. Yeah, of Mickey War, appreciate you, man. Uh, West Coast once again for the Blue Pimps official podcast. My name is Tony Styles. Ebonics in here, in the cut. Rectic Marvin Esch just walked in. DJ Fine, yes sir. Live from the loft, HTX man. We catch you on the next one. Peace.